in my worship? Where's God in my priorities? How can I live a life of worship? What does that look like for Ladina? Where does God line up in Ladina's life? Where does he line up in your life? How can we live this life of worship? How, what does that look like for us? What does that look like to me? Um, and I don't want my worship to be useless. Like, when I come and, like, I'm going to, my one act of worship is going to be singing, okay? So that's my act of worship that I'm going to be doing. I want it to be meaningful. Not so I can get blessed. It's usually a benefit, but that's not why I do it. I want to honor God with everything that I am, including the words I'm singing. I, I need to honor him with my heart. My heart has to be in it. My heart has to be right. He's got to be my priority. That's got to be where it's got to start. If it doesn't, then it's not worth anything. Um, we're going to talk, we're going to run into grow. We have to get through all five. And I showed Pastor Anthony my message, and he's like, mm, you've got a lot in there, Ladina. So i got to try not to talk fast, but I really want to get what God has put on my heart. Um, so if I'm getting too fast, just somebody just be like, slow down, because I can talk fast. <laughs> You'll see. Um, okay, grow. So the next one is to grow. Grow in relationship with God. So I was, I was studying and thinking about how we grow. I found these things, and it was really cool. Um, there's four things we can do that can grow. We can read and study and apply the Bible. We can prioritize, by prioritizing prayer, prioritizing community, and prioritizing mission. Which I found it kind of funny that how we grow is by prioritizing community, which is one of the five purposes, and prioritizing mission, which is also one of the five purposes. And so in order to grow, we need to be doing these purposes. It like all works together. God does that some. And it's crazy sometimes when I take a step back and I look at it and it's like, oh, so, okay, you do know what you're doing. That's fine. All right, okay. Um, so he puts it all together, and it's really cool. Um, we're going to read a couple scriptures about the Bible um, and about reading and studying and applying the Bible. The first one is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, for righteousness. And the man of God that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the, here it tells us this is what the Bible's for. It's good for uh, teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training. So training, for learning, um, that we can be complete and equipped for the good work. And the good work is sharing the gospel. Where it equips us. It helps us be prepared to be ready. That's how we grow. That's how we get strong in our faith. Um, and then I'm going to read um, James 1, 21 through 25. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And then verse 22, be the word, not only hearers, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves, being no hearer who forgets what, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed by his doing. And so here it's telling us, it's saying we need to be doers of the word, not just, not just reading it, not just like, okay, or coming to church and just listening to someone speak about it, but let's be proactive. Let's dig in. What is this Bible telling me to do? What is God telling me to do? How can I actually do what I've been called to do? And the only way to know that is by opening the word and the Bible in the first place and listening and hearing. And last week, Pastor Anthony challenged us to do the 60-day Bible reading plan. And he challenged us to 
Um, we're going to read the Bible in the New Testament in 60 days. And um, I want to encourage you guys to do that. I've been doing that not so I can be like, oh, look at, get a gold star on my chart. That's not what I'm doing. I want to know more about God. And I can tell you I got behind today. And so I felt super defeated because you, it is like four or five chapters. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be like, okay, I did it. But then as I was <laughs> preparing, I was like, okay, Lydia, you can't really tell people to read the Bible. Like, you're not going to read the Bible. Okay, let's get that straight. So, so I was like, so I went back through and I read through it. And I was like, God really ministered me out of it. He really showed me like, I need to be faithful. I need to do this, um, this, this way. And he's been really working with me personally. So I want to encourage you guys, if you have not started that 60-day plan, start it now. It's not too late. It's amazing. Um, there's a link on the website, I believe, and I believe we emailed the link out. But if you need, to, need the link, come and find me after. I'll show you where it is. He also talked about the Bible study book. We talked about, um, we're going to start that as a church too, and it's like the whole New Testament of just studying through the Bible. I found it, a digital copy, for like 12 bucks online. I got the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I'm going to be printing that out, and I'm going to be, um, be able to do it so I can write it out. But if you, it's like 28 bucks for the Old and the New Testament, but if that's, hey, not your price point, 12 bucks is not that bad for two giant books. And then we could even look at helping you guys get it printed here. So come and talk to me if you guys need, need help. I wa we want to encourage you to grow. We want to grow in our faith as a church. We want to grow in our walk as a church because we want to see God do amazing things. And if we're not, uh, I was going to say growed up, but that's not a word. If we're not growing and if we're not doing what God's called to do, he's going to be like, you're not, you're not ready to take this step. I want to be ready. I want to do what God's called, me, called us to do. Um. So the next part about growing in our faith is pr prioritizing prayer. And there's a bunch of scriptures I have for this, so if you have them available, you can put them all on the screen. I'm just going to kind of jump around. If not, we're going to start with uh, 1 Timothy 2.1. It says, first of all, then I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So we need to be praying for everyone. We need to be praying for others. We need to be praying for our leaders um, in our country and our churches, no matter if you like them or not. I don't care if you like me, just please pray for me because I could use it, believe me. Um, but we need to be praying for people who are ahead of us or are in charge of us. We need to be praying for our friends and our family. Sometimes I forget that. I have family members that are in all different stages, all different walks of life, and I'm like, man, I just wish God would do something with them, you know? And, and then I'm like, well, am I even praying about it? No, I'm not even praying for God to do anything. So I mean, he can do it if he chooses, but, like, I'm not, I must not care enough because I'm not praying for it, you know? And it reminded me today that uh, as I was studying and stuff, I was like, I am called to be a prayer, 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 intercessor. I need to be praying for, the, for those people in my life that I want to see God do something with. I want to see God change their lives in drastic ways. And then Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let me just tell you a secret. My husband has way stronger faith than me. Sorry, Janelle. <laughs> I am a worry wart. I worry. I'm anxious. I am constantly so stressed about something. It's ridiculous and probably sinful sometimes. Um, but when I was reading this, this is such a good verse. It's such a, it's a staple verse. Like most people like, have it tattooed on them or on their mirror or whatever, um, on their wall. I need to remember this, you know, don't be anxious for anything, but with prayer. Again, am I taking those things to God? And I'm worrying and stressed out about stuff. Am I actually praying about it, or am I just worrying and stressing out about it? Nine times out of ten, I'm just worrying and stressing about it and not even going to the one who can actually fix it. I'm so guilty of that. Um, 
I'm going to skip down to Matthew 26, 41. And it says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So as I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about if we're struggling with temptation, what does it say? It says, watch and pray. We need to be praying and asking God to help us with those struggles. Um, if I need to grow in Christ, I need to be talking to him. You can't, um, you can't have, be in a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them. You can't be friends with someone if you don't actually talk to them and get to know them. There's, it's just like a one-sided friendship. Um, but I love to talk, and so most of you know that. Um, but, but you need to listen also. So it's watch and pray. So we need to be listening for Christ in his word, and we need to be praying to Christ, getting to know him, talking to him, letting him you know, minister, us, minister to us through that way. I hear all the time, I just don't know how to pray. I just don't know what to say to God. And I always say this super Christianese answer, and it's just like, just talk to him. But it's true. Just talk to him. You can talk to him anyway. I've been angry with God. I've yelled at God. I've been bawling, crying to God. He can take it. Like, he can handle it. Um, just be real. Just talk to him like you would a person because he is there for us. He is, the Bible says that he catches all of our tears. He holds us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you're not spending time praying or talking to God, um, this is the next step in our growth. This is how we grow along with reading the Bible. Um, the next two things of how to grow are actually part of the purposes, like I said. So I'm going to kind of combine them all together. So we've talked about worship, how, God, how, is, how are we pro prioritizing Christ in our life? Where does God line up in our priorities? We're talking about growing and how are we growing? By reading our word, um, by praying, by connecting, by living a missional life. Those are how we're going to grow in our faith. And in order um, to do that is connect. So we're going to talk about the third purpose, which is connect. And to do that, I'm going to read Ephesians. It's kind of a long passage. Um, but it talks, this is about the church and who the church is called to be. And we are the church. And so this is who we're called to be. Ephesians 4, 1 through 5, it says, I, theref I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the, the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So we look at this, and we are all called. If you are a Christ follower, if you have Jesus as the Lord of your life, we are all called to this purpose. We're all called to the same mission, and that's sharing our faith. Um, and so we are all called, and there's just, it's one. We are one body. We are one spirit. And we're going to move down to Ephesians 4.11 now, and it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So he gave, he gave all these different positions or places in the church to equip the saints, which were the saints, for the work of the ministry, to equip us. Why do you need to be equipped? So that we can go out, so we can live this missional life that we're called to live. Um, for building up the body until we attain to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to, measure, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
so that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So think about that. He gives us all the, we're here to equip people of the word. We're called to come and to listen and to hear so that he can equip us so we can be, stand firm. And it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So this is telling us that the Bible, like when we learn and when we are digging into God's word, when we're growing in our faith, that we're going to be able to stand. We're not going to be just on this train and then tossed to this side and then tossed to this side. We're going to be able to stand firm because we know the scripture. We know it's truth because we are reading it. We are living it. We are studying it. We are applying it. So we're going to know what is truth. So if somebody comes and says something super false and is like, oh, you have to do this to be saved, you're like, hmm, sorry about it. I don't think so. You can actually stand firm and not believing everything you read or everything that you see. But the Bible's like, test this, test me. Like, go home, read your word, t- read your scriptures. And if you see, I say something that you're like, mm, that's not what it says, Lena. Come tell me, hey, this doesn't line up. So we can talk about have this conversation. Like, I don't want you just to be sitting here and believing everything that I say while I'm doing what God's called me to do, and I believe that I'm speaking truth. I want you to test the, the spirit. The Bible says to test it and to read so that you guys know. If we don't read our Bible, if we don't actually know what it says, then I could tell you anything if you're not testing me, if you don't actually are reading it. And I'm not, but I could. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys, get into God's word. It's amazing. And it's full of life. And every time I read a passage of scripture that I've read like 100 times, I'm not saying I'm, oh, I read the Bible. I'm just like read it over and over. I get something new out of it because it's living. It's living, God's living word. It's alive and it, it like ignites something inside of you and it gets, you get excited to read more and to learn more and to dig deeper. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, it says, Rather, speaking the truth, we are to grow up in every way to him who is, dead, who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, that which is equipped. When we, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so we're talking about connect. And so we're talking about how we as the body all have our own place and our own our own pieces, and we all fit together so that we can uh, build this stuff up in love so we can go out and we can be the body of Christ we're called to be and actually do the things that God's called us to do because we're working together in unity, we're working together in love, we're taking our gifts and our talents and, our, and we're putting them together and we're being who God has called us to be. And that's where I want to see us go, Fellowship Church. That's where I want to see, I want to see God do amazing things in Salem. And, I, and I'm selfish. I want him to use us. I want him to use Fellowship Church to reach Salem and to reach our community and to reach people that no one is reaching and that is going to hell. And we each play a part in that. We each are a part of that body. We're each a part of this thing. And like, I can't do things that um, Casey does, because if you heard me sing, you would never come back. And I can't do, I'm not really great with outreach sometimes. And Paul is amazing at it. And I'm not good with that. But I can do things that God has gifted me to do that I'm supposed to do. And we all work together and we move forward. Um, I'm kind of great with kids. I'm good with kids, so I'm allowed to go down there sometimes. But Bridget's amazing at it, and so she has this great team. And so, you know, we all have our gifts and our talents, and when we're connecting together as the body of Christ and we're called, then people's lives are changed. Um, just like we read 
in Acts, we talked in Acts um, 44. I'm going to go back and read it because it's talking about the body of Christ and what was the result of the body of Christ actually being the body of Christ. Um, Acts 44 says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. I know that's hard because we're all different people, and we've, we, but this is they had all things in common. And what did they have in common? Christ. They had Christ in common. So we may not like the same things, agree on some of the th- different things, but we all have Jesus in common. And if we all keep Jesus as the core, then some of those other things don't really matter because we're all working for the same goal. We're all working to further the kingdom of Christ. We don't care. I don't care who you elect, uh, vote for. I don't care about all this stuff. You know what I care about? How is your relationship with Jesus? Are we all working together? Is Jesus the focus? That's what I care about. I can literally care about anything of those other things. They don't matter to me. What matters to me is, you know what? Do you love Jesus? All right, let's link arms and let's go take this. Do you love Jesus? Oh, great. Let's link arms. Let's go take this. That's the body of Christ working together. Don't get caught up in all the stuff that doesn't matter. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on the things that matter and see how God can change this city and use us to do it. I told you I'm excited. Sorry. Um, Amen. Oh, great. Thanks. Okay, cool. All right. Verse 45. Calm down. All right. Okay. So, so how, what are some practical things about connecting? How can we practically connect? Verse 44 says they believe, they were together, all things in common. This means, out, this means hanging out and getting to know each other. This practically looks like small groups, looks like Bible studies, looks like community classes that we're going to be offering soon. This is how you get to know people. Um, verse 46 says, and day by day they attend, attended the temple together, breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So they attended church together. They broke bread together. They hung out together. Um, they had favor with people. They were getting along. And, the, and what was the result? This is the amazing part that I've always passed over. Every time I read this passage, I've passed it over until I was studying for this message. And it says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Think about it. This means the church was being the church, and people were getting saved because of the love they saw that the church had for each other. They're like, oh, my gosh, something's different. Why do you guys get along? You don't even live on the same side of this whatever political agreement. You guys, you don't even, you don't even, you're completely separate. Why do we get along? Because we have Jesus, and we offer that Jesus, and then people see that, and they're like, what's going on there? And then people get saved because they see that the church is actually doing what the church is called to do, just love one another and to build up and to go out and to share their faith. I mean, it's amazing. It's exciting to me. Like, we, if we were living the life we're supposed to live, people would be like, oh, that's weird. Tell me about that. And that gives us the opportunity to share our faith. And I get excited about that. Um, this means sometimes you have to talk to people at church. Don't just dine and dash. Don't just try to get out fast. Actually spend time getting to know people that you're in church with. Why? Because we need to connect with each other to grow. If I don't, if you don't know me, I'll do it this way so it's not like me telling you. If you don't know me and I don't, t- you don't talk to me, maybe you don't know I'm struggling with something really bad, and so then I'm feeling like I don't have anybody, or I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. You are called to hold me accountable. So if you don't know me, if we don't spend time together, if we don't talk to each other, then how are you going to hold me accountable? Like we're supposed to hold each other accountable so we can grow together. And if no one's holding me accountable, then I'm not going to grow, and you're not going to grow because you're not doing what God's called you to do. So there's like, it all works together. It's, it all has to come together. Um, verse 47, it says, it talked about having faith and they, and they, and people were saved day by day. 
and I, and I get excited about this, and I'm going to say it again, is because when the church actually loves each other and does what the church is called to do, people get saved. People's lives change when we are doing what we are called to do. Not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is in us, through us. And that is exciting to me, and that's what I want to see. Um, we're going to shift gears to serve. So I can prove Anthony wrong, but I got through it all. Um, all right. Just kidding. I say that in joking. He knows. Um, purpose four is serve, which we talk about that a lot here at Fellowship Church. One of our DNA statements is if you're saved, you serve. I had to make sure I didn't switch it around because that can create problems. But if you're saved, you serve. Serving is not something we do. It's who we are here at Fellowship Church. And in Acts 20, 35, it says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is talking about giving money, but also our time, our treasure, our talent, giving of ourselves. First um, Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, as each has received a gift, it, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's Buried grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and domain forever. Amen. This again is showing us that we need to be faithful with what God has given us. And whatever gifts and talents that you may have, God wants to use those to change the world. And I know that sounds super cheesy and cliche, and I'm sure I'm getting eye rolls from someone. <clears throat> but it's true. Um, whatever God has called us to do, whatever God has called us, whatever God has gift God has given us, he wants you to use that gift to further his kingdom. Like I said, I'm not a good singer at all, but I do other, God did give me other gifts and talents. You know, I can work behind the scenes. It's something I love to do is just, I do admin stuff. I love that. I love organizing things. I love having charts. I'm weird, super weird, but I love doing those types of things. But you know, that's God's gift and, and I'm able to use that to honor him and to do what he's called me to get, do. I love to be in charge. That's my gift. That's what I like to say. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day, this is off topic, sorry. Somebody asked me the other day, there's a lot of people who are, want to be in charge, but not enough people to do the work. And I said, I'm in charge. Go do the work. <laughs> But that's, I say that in joking. We all work together in reality. Um, but we all have gifts and we all have talents. And we all have these different things God has given us. And it's so that we can serve others. It's so we can serve each other and build each other up. And so we can grow as people and do what God's called us to do, which is share our faith, live on mission. Um, so I want to urge you guys today, um, where can you step in to serving? Where can you step in to do something God's called you to do, whether that's volunteering here, volunteering in the community, doing um, whatever you, God has given you to do. I want to encourage you guys, take that step, step of faith and sign up to do something. It doesn't have to be with Fellowship Church. It can be, it can be in the community, like I said. What's important to me is that you, you're doing what God's called you to do, and you're working in the gifts God's called you to work in. And, um, but I want to encourage you guys to do that. Now, I will say that serving in your local church is a great way to get to know people and to connect with people. So that's, it all works together, but that's all I'll say about that. All right. The fifth purpose is share. 
to share the grace, love, and hope that we found in Jesus Christ in a tangible way with everyone. And this is what it's all about. So all these purposes that we have to worship, to grow, to connect, um, did I get them all? To serve, it's all for the purpose of sharing our faith. And this is something I'm, pre- I'm really passionate about because um, God has recently used some classes I'm taking through my school to ignite me again in how I'm living my life. Am I living my life in a missional way? Because I can tell you for the past probably like three, four years, I've just kind of been living, but not living my life in a way that is missional living. Not living my life in a way thinking about my person who I'm buying coffee from, if what their salvation, if they're going to heaven or hell. I've been living my life in a way of just kind of like with blinders on, like those horses you see that are just focused on their goal and what they're doing, and they're just not paying attention to what's going on around them. That's how I've been living my life, probably for the last few years. And I've just been distracted. I've been distracted from what God has called me to do. I've been distracted from the things that God has promised me personally, from the goals that God has promised me personally, from what God's told me, hey, this is what I have for you, this is what I want for you, but I've been so distracted with all these other things that I've just been focused on them and forgetting about how I'm living my life. How am I, how am I reaching those who are lost? My family members I talked about earlier. Am I actually being purposeful in how I'm acting, what I'm saying, what I'm doing when I'm around them? Or am I just kind of like, whatever, they know my faith, they know what I do, whatever, whatever, they'll ask me if they're interested. Or am I being like, being, I'm being proactive, or am I being passive about it? I'm not saying be like crazy, turn or burn, hold a sign. Like, that's not what I'm saying, because I don't believe that that is the best way at all. God's called you to do that, bless you. But in my experience, in my thinking, I think you need to build a relationship with people before you're able to speak into someone's life. That's how, that's how I am. I wouldn't take it very kindly if somebody I didn't know came up and told me how I'm going wrong. But building relationship with people, talking with people, getting to know people, having that communication, building that relationship, then I'm able, then God opens opportunities and doors for me to be able to share little tidbits here and there, and then he will water those seeds. It's my job to, it's my job to speak it to them. It's my job to share with them, and it's his job to make it grow. If he has me do other things with that person, such as discipleship or those things, then he will lead me with that. But I can just tell you that over the last eight weeks, because that's how long my classes are, um, God has really been challenging me. Because I have a lot of people in my life that I didn't realize that were in my life that didn't really have a relationship with Christ. They said they knew him, but they're not being active in it. And so God really convicted me of that and was like, Ladina, you're not helping them grow in their faith. You're not holding them accountable. You're not doing the things that I've called you to do as a person, as a follower of Christ. You're not living, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. You're in disobedience, which is sin. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And then I had a, went through this mourning process of people that I've allowed to enter and leave my life without me ever sharing my faith with them, thinking like, oh, God, please send someone who's braver than me that's going to give them that opportunity. Because if no one does, then the reality is they'll be living a life apart from him. So I had to ask God for forgiveness for that. And, you know, he forgives me. He's gracious. He's loving. He's kind. And he's compassionate. But I also was like felt that sting a little bit too, you know, because we all have people in our lives that we, we need to think twice, like, oh, crud, I missed my opportunity or I missed my chance with that. Um, but I'm going to read Matthew 28. It's 18 through 20. And it said, Jesus came, to them, came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And I've read that passage. I've heard that passage a million times. I've heard it. I've read it. But I've never really, like, thought about it. And so when I think about this passage of Scripture, it's so powerful. Because Jesus was saying it to his disciples, but we are also his disciples. And so we have the Spirit living in us. Then he is with us always until the end of the age. So we are to go and make disciples of all nations, of Salem, of our neighborhood, whatever street you live on. My line don't blank. Um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. That's, part, that's the discipleship part. So, that's the, so not just being like, Jesus loves you, let's get saved. But also like, hey, Jesus loves you, let's get saved. How can we learn more about Jesus? So taking them under your wing and doing a Bible study. Doing that Bible study with them. Taking them to small group. Taking them to a class. Whatever it is to help them get a deeper faith. A lot of us... For me, me, it's like, I'm not, I don't know enough about the Bible, so I'm going to have somebody else do it for me. But that's a cop-out. God told me when I was doing my class, literally, because, I mean, I try to use that sometimes. Um, I'm like, I don't really know a lot. So he's like, you know enough. You know the truth. You know the word. You guys can read the word together. Stop making excuses. Lydia. God says something like that to you. You're just like, all right. Okay, I'm just going to go sit over here and cry because pretty intense, but, but God was really challenging me, and I hope you guys feel challenged today. I hope you don't feel beat down. I hope you feel challenged because living missionally can change our lives. It can change our neighborhood. It can change our, um, our city. I don't even know, this is really sad, I don't even know one of my neighbors. Like, I have some friends who know everybody on their street. They are just the most amazing neighbors. I wish they were my neighbors, but they're not, but I don't even, they're like, oh, don't you know your neighbors? And I'm like, I know they play the drums. I know they have a dog that poops in my yard. I know they're always peeking through my fence. But I don't know them. Like, I've never, I've been in my house for like four years, I think. And so, but I don't know who they are. And so, I need to like walk in what I'm saying, you know, practice what I preach. And so, I want to encourage you, just as I'm being challenged and encouraged, like right now, to go get to know my neighbors so I can share with them who Jesus is, so I can live Jesus. It doesn't mean like shouting from the rooftops. It means me living out Jesus to them. What does that look like? You know, giving them snacks or treats at the holidays or just saying hi to them or getting to know what they like. You know, just simple things that we can, that allow us to have the opportunity to be able to share our faith with them and have this conversation. So what does missional living look like? It means like opening our mouths and actually talking to someone. It means living our life with purpose and being bold. It means, um, like I said, sharing our faith. And I just want to encourage you guys, as we kind of wrap up today and as the worship team comes, I'm going to go over the five purposes again and kind of just review a little bit and put some practicality into it so we don't just be like, oh, my gosh, that was a lot. I don't know where to start. I just quit. Because that's kind of how I am sometimes. It's like, great word, awesome, see you next week. (laughs) You know, I don't put anything in. So I just want us to listen to this next thing I'm going to go over, and then we're going to kind of walk it out, and then we're going to wrap it up. So um, the first one is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about what worship is, um, what priority. To tr- true worship is a priority we place 
on who God is in our lives and where God is on our priorities. So where is God at my prior, where is God on that list? How does that line up with am I being worshipful? Am I am I actually worshiping God? Growing in our relationship with him. So am I reading my word? Am I prioritizing prayer? Am I taking advantage of the things that I'm given so that I can grow my faith? Am I connecting with my the next one is connect. So connecting authentic, encouraging, accountable relationships with each other. Am I joining a small group? Have I not just dined and dashed? Have I got to know the person I'm sitting uh, three seats away from? Have I done the things that I know how to, to do, open my mouth, talk, communicate, in order to connect with someone around me? Am I serving? Am I meeting the needs of the world around me? Am I um, giving what, when God calls me to give? Am I using my time, treasure, talent in the, within the body, growing together, reaching the community around me? Am I taking those steps of serving? Have I signed up to serve? Am I serving my community? Share the grace, love, and hope that we have found in Jesus Christ in a tangible way. Am I opening my mouth? Have I been getting to know my neighbors? Am I living missionally? Am I taking those steps to actually ask God to break my heart for those people who are lost and are dying? Am I actually living with purpose or am I just kind of living with blinders? I want to challenge you guys tonight as you go through your small group questions, really dig out some of these areas and really... Um, not tonight, but this week. Um, we used to have small groups on Sundays. So this week, um, dig, out those, dig out those things. Dig deeper. Dig how can we live these purposes out and watch God do amazing things. And he's going to use us to do them. If we're, if we're being faithful in these things, he's going to use us to do it. And that's exciting to see God use us. Um, let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. God, I pray that as we um, leave here today, God, that you will just renew us. God, I pray that if we're feeling heavy or defeated or like we haven't done a good job, God, that you will remind us that your mercies are new every morning, God, and that tomorrow is a new day, God, and we can start today. We can say, you know what? I'm sorry. God, help me to make those changes. God, help me to live worshipfully. Help me to live my life in a worshipful manner, God, that you are the priority, that you are the one thing that connects us all together. God, help, help us to be obedient and disciplined in our growth, God. That's hard. Especially when life, God, that's hard to be obedient and disciplined in growth, God. It's hard to set time aside to read your word. It's hard to do these things. But, God, let it be a passion of ours. God, let us be a people that are so passionate, God, that we're like, you know, we're going to get up 30 minutes early just so we can have that time. Because you are important to me, and I want to do that, God. Or stay up 30 minutes later, break out certain times that we can actually just dedicate to growing in your word. God, help us to be people that connect and actually love each other and our love for one another will actually, people will stop and be like, what's going on over there? So that we can um, serve and share our faith, God. The whole point is so that we can, people will be saved. The Bible says that people were added to you day by day by day for the church just being who you've called the church to be. So God, I pray that as we leave this place that we will be the church that you've called us to be, God, individually and together as a group, God. I just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.